Hello and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. This week we are going to review The Undoing, which is a new-ish show on HBO slash HBO Max. Um, before we do that, we can talk a little bit about one piece of news. I mean, we're, we're recording this on January 4th, so there's, you know, things are still a little, a little slow, but uh, we've actually already got one new streaming service of the year, which is Discovery Plus, and um, it continues the naming scheme that apparently every streaming service must now follow, uh, just adding a plus to the name. And so, Anthony, pretend that I, or maybe don't pretend, because this is generally the case, that I don't know what you're talking about. I saw it trending on Twitter, and that's all I got. Right, and I think you saw it trending on Twitter because it was a promoted, it was promoted trend. of course, yeah. <laughs> Not because it's all the hype right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, essentially, it's um, Discovery, which is a TV network that also owns HDB, HD, HGTV, Food Network, TLC, ID, OWN, and Travel, Center, uh, Travel Channel. Wow, I really had was those all those channels apparently they were elude you, yeah, because I could not say them. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, it's a lot of documentary and reality content, um, and you would pay four ninety nine a month for it. Like, so there's a lot of stuff that's tied to ninety day fiance. There's um, a, I mean, the image I used was like some Guy Fieri shows. Yeah. Um, there is a House Hunters spinoff where comedians watch old episodes of House Hunters. Oh, that's wonderful, by the way. I've watched okay. quite a bit of that. Oh, my God, Daryl. This does uh, feel very, like, right down Daryl's lane. Oh, yeah, so, Daryl, I was not expecting you to, to be so excited about this. Tell us more. Are you a Discovery Plus? Well, it's funny because it's not available in the U.S., and because of just this weird license or i mean in canada because of the weird licensing things they do but i subscribe to basically what this is they're the equivalent of this that predates this that's available in canada already so it's called uh it's called something really stupid so i always forget what it's called stack tv here (laughs) and it is available as like an amazon prime premium channel and it just includes HGTV, Food Network, um, does not include TLC, which would make it a lot more attractive to me, even more attractive than it already is. Because I basically just got it to watch the Food Network and HGTV in a like like a streamed, you know, continuous way where I don't have to think about it and worry about on demand or whatever. So, but, and, like I love all the ninety day series, and those are not available in that package, which is a huge bummer. This will never be available in Canada either, because all of these properties are essentially licensed and owned by different entities here, and not by this Discovery um, mm. parent company. So sucks, but uh, but it's great. This is great. And there's a whole bunch in here that's totally unnecessary, but it's one of those bundles where it's like, well, you know. A couple of things sells the whole thing, right? And I mean, I think I guess that's mostly as every bundle. That's sort of how cable worked before. I guess this is even closer to just cable um, than almost anything else that predates it, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like, it's funny because it feels like all the stuff that maybe has gotten added to Netflix over time, but that is not like the marquee uh, show that when like a Netflix or a Disney Plus launches or gets into original programming, it's always like a big scripted show or Apple, even yeah. on Apple TV Plus. And then like, oh, maybe we have some documentary or reality con- uh, content too. Yeah, let's put some cooking shows on and some home reno shows. And they, yeah, they added that all after the fact. And then Discovery was like, oh, wait, people really want this. And it gets people to stick around to... How much does it cost, Anthony? Four ninety nine a month. But you get uh, if you w- want to get rid of ads, I think it's an extra two bucks a month. That's right. Oh. Yeah. I mean that's cheap, but it's you have to consider what you're getting for it, I guess. Yeah, I mean it. It does feel like that like five dollar threshold is it's smart to kind of come under that because to me, I do feel like I'm at the point where less from like a budgeting point of view, but just like in terms of like how many streaming services I want to hold in my head and search for content in. Uh, I'm just like, no, I don't want any more. That's, we've, I've got enough. That's like, right. I'm not, but like if it's like four ninety nine a month, there's an element of, ah, okay, sure, why not? Well, this also has, it says past seasons. So I'm a little bit suspicious of it. Like they still want to c- consider themselves a cable premium channel. So they still gatekeep that stuff like so you can't actually get at it unless you're a cable subscriber to the channels as well but i'm not sure if that's true or not oh yeah i don't i assume it's going to be sort of i had assumed it would be all of it um yeah they actually sent me a login but i I haven't used it yet because if it's past and current then they're finally with it but if they're still holding on to like no you should go subscribe to your cable provider to get like i'm just so tired of it that crap i think the only one that's really doing that is espn because they have all these you know deals with uh right the different like sports leagues yeah they have say yes to the dress man oh wow this is a great package you can't you guys can't see Daryl's face, but like he's slowly like lighting up right now. Yeah, I'm just I'm reading them all. I'm slowly shutting down. <laughs> okay. Come on, Martha knows best. <laughs> Celebrity IOU with those annoying brothers. Yeah, totally. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's move on to the I would argue in many ways the opposite of Discovery Plus, which is the undoing. The a very big budget, big star, uh scripted show um starring uh hugh grant and nicole kidman um nicole kidman is also an executive producer i believe and it's about a murder trial in new york city it's written by david e kelly who previously wrote big little lies plus he's got like written like a million different shows and uh part of the reason we are reviewing this is i think jordan had already uh, watched it and expressed some interest in reviewing it, but then one of our uh, fans, I think fan is not too strong a word, uh, he'd written us a nice email before and then he sent a follow-up email. This is Michael Benedoso, and he said, I was so pleasantly surprised to hear my email on your podcast. Thanks for the shout-out. On that note, I would love to hear your views and thoughts on HBO's The Undoing. While I thought it was a gripping whodunit that kept you guessing, its quality was marred by Nicole Kidman's humorous attempt at a New York accent. It seemed to pirouette from a vaguely New York dialect to a clearly Australian accent to a mishmash of what I can only describe as accent charcuterie. 
It was like a world tour expressed via spoken word. Additionally, her constantly emotionless face made you wonder whether her character was secretly a sociopath or if it was an acting limitation. At one point, the lawyer tells Kidman to not show any emotion in the courtroom, which I thought was a clever ploy by the director. The performance of the actor who played her son, Noah Jupe, of Honey Boy in A Quiet Place, was phenomenal and outshined even Donald Sutherland. Hugh Grant also did a masterful job of playing well himself. It was fascinating to see his range as a charming, cheeky British doctor, a drastic departure from his usual role of playing the charming, cheeky British non-doctor. So thanks, Mike, for that email. That's I think a, Michael should replace me yeah, on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Daryl was thinking the same thing. <laughs> all of us. Michael's <laughs> trying to take our job. Get out of here, Michael. Yeah. It was all good and accurate, too. I think I, the one qualm I have with that is that I don't, I don't think it's fair to talk about her. Uh, I think Kidman's, Kidman's absence of emotion was mostly intentional, or yeah, at it was least purposeful. Yeah, yeah, like the the ambiguity of emotion. I, I I think that's a a key part, and maybe the only part that really sells the possibility that that careful. Are you gonna? Well, up? no, we don't know who killed who, but you you got to <laughs> assume everybody's in the mix. And the possibility right. that she's in the mix is very well sold by that. Um, yes, I yeah. agree. So, yeah, I agree with most of what Michael said. And um, my initial impressions, some things, I thought, you know, fine performance by Nicole Kidman, but not her best. Like, I feel like I could watch, and this isn't just Nicole Kidman, but I feel like I could watch Big Little Lies, like, over and over and over again. Like, I don't think I would ever watch this again, which isn't like just speaking only to Nicole Kidman, but it's just the, the quality of the, the show itself. Uh, I thought masterful performance by Hugh Grant as well. And I really liked the kid. Donald Sutherland did a great job. Um, I think part of my, I'll say like overall I enjoyed it, but it wasn't my favorite thing. I did not appreciate the ending, which we can talk about more mm. in spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... You know, I think, oh, I really liked the lawyer character as well. Yeah. Muck, Muck, right? Like, she's great. Um, and then I would say, like, my my overarching kind of, like, bone to pick with it. And I don't know if it's fair to call it a bone to pick. But, like, to me, this is a very, like, rich white people story. Oh, right? yeah. And there's this very fascinating character in Elena who we don't really i feel like it's left on the table like a lot is left on the table with exactly who elena is and her story which feels far more interesting particularly when you consider how it ends and the big reveal like her story just seems far more interesting than the story we were told and that that bothered me a lot mm. on some level i feel like the show is fairly, or I guess maybe this is the only way you can do a rich white people show in 2020 is to have the rich white people and other characters point it out to them. But that doesn't change the fact that that's what the show is. And in some ways, I I mean, I, I liked, I think I was also more tolerant of that because it is also a show that's shot in New York City pre-pandemic in the Upper West Side and Harlem, which is where I live. And so it was just nice to like see mm-hmm. 
um, the city and the sort of, I mean, I don't hang out at these like boarding school, like <laughs> fundraiser parties and things like, or not a boarding school, but you know, private school fundraiser parties and things like that. But just to see that world pre-pandemic was really nice. And so I had less of this sort of like eat the rich kind of anger that maybe other people might have watching it. Uh, but it, it did also feel to me like the most interesting version of the show was actually the first episode because um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say it, it, it opens with the murder or the discovery of the body and then it flashes back and kind of fills you in on, on the characters. And so you get a sense of the life of these characters before the murder. And in a lot of ways, that was the most interesting thing, the most emotionally complex yeah. and the most like sort of the, the made the best use of the setting and, and also did a better job of then balancing some of the, I mean, it's still from the, you know, rich white characters point of view, but like the, um, Elena, the, the artist who is, and, and, you know, mother who's, who's murdered. Um, she actually is a character in that episode. Whereas in later episodes, you know, she's, she's dead and you, they flash back to her a little, but she's not really a presence in the same way. She's a character, but she's made out to be pretty she's a character one character from their perspective. Yeah, exactly. It's like what their flashes of her, where it seems like whatever her story is, like whatever dimension she has is just like boiled down to this like very like, you know, flat thing um, that isn't like it, it's impossible that it's flat, that she as a, as a character is flat because of what we know of her, right? Like, so it just feels like there's a lot to unpack there and that like this, not necessarily this story, but her story, the story of the character of Elena would be a really fascinating one to watch. And so when you get this rich white people story instead and just get like tickled by Elena, like you're like, well, tell me more about her. Like, even if she's already dead, like let's flash back to like the reality of who this person is and flesh it all out and, and show me more of like how this all ended up the way that it did, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really hard to talk about this story without spoilers. Very (laughs) hard. It is, I think a show that's fundamentally, it seems more interesting when it does uh, fill things in. It's more about the marriage and about the backstory of the, of the Hugh Grant character and the Nicole Kidman character than it is about, um, Elena, um, and, and it's, she factors in really only in as much as she affects their lives. Um, before we get, we did get into spoilers, we, we probably should pretty soon. I mean, A, I would say I definitely liked the show and, and there, um, yeah, there's some decisions, particularly in the final episode that I don't think are, I mean, I, I didn't even dislike it. It's just like, uh, it, it, the reasons why maybe like it could have been a show that I absolutely loved and it ended up being more like a show that I was like, oh yeah, I'm glad I watched that. That was fun. That was like, I didn't, even though, mm-hmm. and it was weird because I, I knew the big reveal at the end, but I didn't know sort of like how they were going to get there. And so I still. Mm. Like you were spoiled, you mean? Yeah, I was spoiled. Mm. Um, okay. And, but like, it, A, it didn't really affect my enjoyment. And there were a lot of sort of twists on the way to that, that, um, that I was still like totally surprised by. Yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't spoiled by it or for it, so I, that provided a lot of enjoyment. But I do think that I think it's just an enjoyable show. It's pretty short too, and mm-hmm. it's easy to get through for an HBO like prestige yeah. show. Yeah, it feels yeah. like and some really amazing performances. Uh, I mean, just particularly 
I really think, even though, as Michael pointed out, like Hugh Grant is not really deviating so far from his usual, um, I really do think that his performance in this was outstanding. And he does so much. Everybody in that first episode does a lot of work that pays off throughout the rest of the show in terms of because the rest of the show is more procedural. And the first Mm -hmm. episode is really the only one where they get to do a lot of character development and and he does a lot of work there as does everyone else who has a character but not like jordan pointed out elena who is an artist but uh also i don't know like they they're whatever we can talk about it in spoilers yeah, more. we'll talk about it in spoilers <laughs> it's hard to talk about the show without i feel like we, it's easy to trample on the fun for people and i like sutherland too but i do feel like Every time I see Sutherland in something, I know that he's Canadian, so he always just sounds extremely Canadian to me. But I guess that's not a problem. He could easily be I, Canadian. I would never course. even know that he's Canadian. From mm-hmm. I think that was why the, the Nicole Kidman's accent didn't bother me as much, because it felt like everyone had slightly wandering accents, so I mm. wouldn't necessarily <laughs> single her out. Um, and hers I, I thought that overall egregious, she was good. I think. Yeah, but, I think hers was pretty bad. Hugh Grant didn't but you know wander what? at all. Honest, Nicole Kidman's accent because Hugh Grant has bad. a real accent. But. Yeah, it's his British accent. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole Kidman is bad at accents. She's not good at like, them generally. Th- that's always been an issue. Like in everything that she's in, where she has to do an American accent, you're like, you're not. <laughs> you sound weird. Like that's not right. But there were some takes right. where I was like, I don't get it like everyone in the scene and then also the director was like i guess that's fine let's move on but maybe it's nicole kidman so they just have to be like and she's the executive who's gonna tell her we gotta we gotta go again like (laughs) wait so i haven't seen big little lies does her accent do similar things in big little Lies? it does it's not so it's not as bad as this because she's clearly trying to do like Michael said a New York accent in this. So mm-hmm. I think when you stretch from just a plain American accent, like a neutral American accent into something with more of a dialect, it's even rougher with her. But you can still tell in Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like there's like, you know, certain words and phrases that you're just like, nope, didn't stick the landing on that one. Well, I, at least I think she did a good job singing over the the opening credits yeah that's true and i oh, do yeah. love that song that's a that's like a, such a classic amazing delicious song well it also just reminded me of moulin rouge which i love and i'm just like oh yeah nicole kidman she's actually right. a good singer she can sing she actually sang something with what's her man's name keith urban yes yep she sang like a little christmas duet thing with him on instagram recently that's good. I don't know why I even know that. I don't follow either of them, but it just came up on my Google News or something. And I was like, oh, this actually looks like something I would watch. <laughs> and then it ended up being one of those YouTube videos where it's like some blogger who's like, Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban did this thing. And like, here's two seconds of the clip. They also have been together since 2011. Oh, and I was like, why am I watching this? I just want to get <laughs> to the part where they sing. Yeah. Who is trying? YouTube sucks. <laughs> <laughs> So the last last thing I would say is also just that like six episodes, I agree, is like the perfect length for this. I mean, maybe if it had been longer, they could have like done deeper characterizations and things like that. But for this very plot centric, twist heavy stuff, like it was it was like great. I thought like I like never got tired of it. And like, you know, I just like blazed through the whole thing and, and was yeah 
totally happy with it. This yeah. isn't a spoiler, but I did have a problem with like basically every episode would end on a twist and then the start of the next episode would be like, oh, that twist wasn't important. Moving on. Yeah. And I was like, what? That seems that's un- that's really unfairly emotionally manipulative. <laughs> but OK. Yeah, I agree with that. And it just. Yeah. I do think for what they chose to do, which I think was maybe not as ambitious as it should have been plot wise, they they nailed the length. And even though those plot twists at the end, those cliffhangers weren't didn't like pay off the way that you wanted them to when the second the credits roll and then and then a new episode starts, like it did its job, which was to keep you on your seat for Yeah, they were six entertaining. Episodes. That's for sure. But yeah. I would have been happy with two more episodes and to like be more ambitious with the plot and with the characters. Yeah. That's fair. All right, well, let's move into spoilers then. So if you have not watched the entire first season of The Undoing and you don't want to know what happens, you should stop listening now. Cool. Let's let's bang into There's so it. many things. Okay, so let's just like go through the plot, I guess, right? And then we can right. take mm-hmm. detours yes. where we want. Okay, yeah. so Elena's dead. And Hugh Grant disappears that night, but or he Nicole actually Kidman, disappears the next morning. The next morning, yeah. Nicole Kidman thinks he's at a doctor's conference in Ohio, but then she finds his phone, so she's panicking about where he is. Also, because this woman died and she can't get a hold of him. Then the po- the police have a conversation with her. You guys watched it more recently than me, so let me know if I'm fucking this. <laughs> no, you're the doing police great. watched it more recent, or the police call her in to have a conversation and they essentially tell her like your husband fled and also he was sleeping with her and he was the doctor of her child with cancer and we think he's the primary suspect and also he does not work at the hospital anymore he was fired and so she's hit with like all of this information at once and she leaves to get out of the city because the news is all over her with her son and Hugh Grant comes and kind of like puts his hand over her mouth and is like, it wasn't me. I swear it wasn't me. I love you. Like I panicked because I did cheat and I was having an affair, but I saw that she was dead and I knew they would try to pin it on me. So I just left. And so she decides essentially to help him in his defense. Well, first first she calls the police. When, yeah. when he first shows up, she calls the police. Oh, and right. partly because... One of the threads in, in, in the second episode is, is the police kind of treating her with suspicion um, because they think that Hugh Grant did it and that she might be hiding him or right. might be she an accomplice be, in some way. Yeah. And, so, and someone gives her advice to call them right away. I think it's her blonde lawyer friend. Yeah, right. And she heeds that. Yeah. Her blonde lawyer friend whose only personality is friend and, and ballerina also a mom. lawyer. Yeah, and but lawyer. also like Indi- lawyer of indeterminate practice coverage area. We know what areas she doesn't cover, which is family well, law. She's also like just suspicious with, without reason, like at all times. You're yeah, like, why yeah. are you making that face? And yeah. like, why do you? But like, we never get to the bottom of that at all. So yeah. I think it was kind of like let's keep having her make these faces so that when she does that and it's important, you don't immediately think, oh, there was a setup or whatever, but. That didn't work. Like, 
when they when she talked the other one in the bathroom, I was like, oh, okay, she's gonna tell the prosecutor. Oh, I totally didn't see that coming. The important I'm, stuff. I missed oh. that whole. I don't remember what you guys are talking about. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but okay, yeah, like you said, so she he gets arrested, um, and and at first it seems like Nicole Kidman is just like You're I'm your the own. betrayed wife. Uh, I, yeah, and like good luck. Um, and then gradually, um, she first, I think, uh, well, the son also doesn't believe, well, maybe like the son is essentially like, did he do it? I don't think he did it. And obviously heartbroken over this. So I think that influences her to like, at least give him the benefit of the doubt as her husband and the father of her child to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so then she starts visiting him. She takes her son to visit him. She eventually talks her father into who is played by Donald like Sutherland. Rich. Yeah. Right. We don't know exactly why. He doesn't know what he does. Like, he just has lots of money. Right. And helicopters. But he has lots of money. Um, and he uh, first like bails out Hugh Grant, then agrees to pile like two uh, million dollars like, cash bail. Yeah. He pays it. Must be nice. Dropping to the be dropping rich. the hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pays for a really expensive lawyer um, who gives that amazing speech where she's like, "People hire me to throw muck, to muck things up." Yeah, that was a good speech. I love uh, her. Muck. She's great in general. I'm, I'm bringing the muck. She says it in a way like that. Muck. Muck. <laughs> and she also does not believe in any way that he is innocent. Like at any point in the show. I think she starts to turn around on it. And that's where... That's the that's the most interesting thing about him. Is that he kind of gets everybody to turn around on it. Except maybe Sutherland who... Right, Sutherland well, is never and on the, his side. The husband, right, right, and so there's this whole other thread about um, Elena's husband. So um, the woman who's been murdered again, she was having an affair with with Hugh Grant's character, and in fact, a DNA test reveals that um, uh, her baby is actually Hugh Grant's child, and then the the husband is sort of like lurking in the background for for a little bit, and. Um, then the the lawyer and Hugh Grant, I think, both kind of settle on him as essentially the other target. The other yeah, suspect. they're like you can. In order to get Hugh Grant, uh, the jury to say that Hugh Grant is not guilty is not enough to cast doubt on the police narrative. It, they need to have an alternate narrative, an alternate suspect, and so they decide on him. Um, and I think as a viewer, you're also supposed to wonder, like, okay, was it was it the jealous husband who did it? Right. Um, and the police don't. They're pretty confident. It's not like they say he has an alibi and they kind of go like, that's that. Um, they later bring that up as like a sort of a suspect thing. But the police never really. Su- I, I, that's one thing I liked about the show is like the police never. Um, the police give you the viewer ample reasons why you should not suspect these other people. And you still do because of all the reasons that essentially Hugh Grant is trying to use to sow doubt and that the, the, the filmmakers are trying to use to sow doubt. Um, and so after the fact, like the filmmakers can go like, look, the police told you they didn't do it because they had the evidence, right? And you're, you're like, yeah, well, I guess they did do that throughout, right? It's it, it was really, it was very satisfying to me how it was, they, they brought you all the way, and I think they did it pretty effectively, like brought me all the way around from uh, oh yeah, Hugh Grant definitely did it too. Maybe Hugh Grant didn't do it, and then oh shit, he did do it. So <laughs> yeah, so that's the big spoiler that I was spoiled for was I knew he was guilty uh, with right. a bunch of detours, right? Like I for an episode was like, 
it's Donald Sutherland. Like Donald, Donald Sutherland. I thought that too for a while. Then, yeah, yeah. And then for a while I was like, could it be the sun? I never right. was like, yeah. it was the sun. But I was like, could it be the sun? That was and then particularly the, was re- evil of the of Grant's character when he even like... Framed his son. Yeah. He like put the murder weapon... Well, and, he, and to the wife, he's like, maybe he did it. Maybe. Oh, I, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying. And you're like, right. oh, my God, you're so evil afterwards. The son found the murder weapon where Hugh Grant had stashed it and put it in his violin case. And Nicole Kidman finds it. And when they have a discussion about it, Hugh Grant is like, maybe, I don't know. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, Which is actually, it's great foreshadowing for like when you do find out that Hugh Grant is guilty and how he himself make sense of his own behavior is he keeps saying like oh that wasn't me that was like this other person who's desperate yeah but the real me is the per- the dad that you know um and and he uses that to justify the already like unjustifiable thing of trying to cast blame on his son and then he uses it to justify the even crazier fact that he beat a woman to death with a right. you know a sculpting hammer um right but like, I, I think we should also yeah talk about a couple of the other cliffhangers that are mostly turn out to be red herrings. I mean, the first big one to me was the footage that the police had yeah. of Grace, uh, that's Nicole Kidman's character, walking near Elena's apartment on the night of the murder, which mm-hmm. we didn't see until the police show it. So you're like, wait, did... When you know, did this did, happen? Did she, right. Yeah, when did this happen? Is you know Grace keeping secrets from us? And then, um, yeah, because you're mostly nowhere. occupied. It's like told from Grace's perspective, so you kind of assume that she's like a reliable narrator up until that. And you point. know, yeah, you know what's up with her. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, they bring it up one more time, but it's not. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it doesn't really lead anywhere. And when I say I have issues with Nicole with the ending, I really think like it's fine that Hugh Grant ended up being the killer. It's fine that like we slowly unpack that this very charming, you know, seemingly good dad is actually like a very like real sociopath. Like he is a legitimate sociopath mm-hmm. um, and that you could be married or, you know, be close to someone like that for many, many years and not know that about them is is a compelling story. So that's fine. But I actually thought that like, the teasing of Nicole Kidman as a suspect and that she might be this psychotherapist that dissociates. And, you know, the, at one point they have her passing out in like a park. And I'm like, why oh, yeah, did that I happen? About that. Yeah, because it doesn't mean anything. Like they're just, they're throwing her out as a suspect. But to me, her as the actual killer might be more interesting for some reason, right? Mm. Like, because she has the built-in plot armor of being our reliable narrator and like our the one we relate to not relate to most but like our protagonist right and like Hugh Grant's kind of the bad guy and like I don't know it just seemed like that might be a little bit more interesting. Well, where I thought it was might be going also, again, knowing that Hugh Grant was guilty but not really knowing anything else, um, I started to worry that it was going to be about Nicole Kidman's going to find a way to get him off. And then as soon as he gets out of jail, we're going to find out that yeah, he did it. I definitely thought that was going to happen at some point. Um, and then I also thought at some point that she knew that he was not guilty and was trying to get him convicted through a series of elaborate gymnastics, including some very convincing attempts to not get him guilt, like just to punish right, right. him for the infidelity, which I do think is also one of the suspected 
plot line. Like, I really think that they're leaning a lot on, like, your preconceived notions of, like, woman scorn, even and man scorn. And they br- they bring out explicitly in the thing, like, some racist, racist issues around the, the husband and suspecting him and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So I think they're playing with all that stuff and... I think they just do a good job of playing with all that stuff without getting so far in that you feel like it's like they're being too tricky. Right? Like I, I just thought it was a nice level. This was like a uh, overall. It was just like this is a engaging entertainment. It was almost like yeah, it was like a like a parlor drama or something. Like you like you know what I mean. Like you would get like you would go to to the dinner theater or whatever in the right. 1700s and see this little play act, or like an Agatha like, Christie novel. Where yes, you're like, right. The, the point is to like, can you, are you as smart as the um, as the writer to, yeah. to figure it out? And um, well, and it not only felt like it was like leaning on your preconceived notions of like some some basic like tropes and you know like the scorned woman etc., but also on like what happens in a whodunit and like right yeah almost to me like when it started it was like oh well it can't be hugh grant yeah like that's just way too obvious right and like especially when he ran and you're like well why would he but run? It just, <laughs> but, yeah but, yeah and, exactly and then you're like they must they must be working a way to like work their way out of it right because it's so obvious and I think taking us on the ride of like here the cast of like could it be the blonde lawyer for some reason like could it have been the father like could it you know what blah 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 is great but i just feel like it could have been like 10 percent more clever mm-hmm. in in the ending if that's the route we're choosing to go with hugh grant like that oh it was him all along right like that's supposed to be the feeling at the end like it just i feel like it could have been more and i don't exactly know how because i'm not a screenwriter but I would say the thing that really works for me about the reveals at the ending was the that so it sort of hinges on Grace's testimony and that like at this point um, they found the hammer and and that it's sort of the the lawyer has basically said, I can't tell you to do this but you should get rid of this hammer mm-hmm. um, which is almost only the murder weapon um, and then like it sort of like moves um, you know then they don't really bring it up much again for a while and and grace says i'm going to take care of this um i mean she says versions of this to both her father and her son who are basically like what are you going to do what do you think he's guilty and and she basically says like i'll I'll take care of this which i think at least i read that as like oh shit she's gonna like do something to uh to get hugh grant off and um and she talks to her friend but we don't actually get to hear the conversation this is like the blonde lawyer friend um, and I was like, oh, my God, is, like, the lawyer going to plant the hammer in some way? Or, or like, what what's going to happen? Um, but then instead, what it, what it turns out is that she puts herself, she t- convinces the lawyer that she should put Nicole Kidman on the stand to, you know, basically say, I'm, you know, my husband betrayed me, but um, I'm a uh, psychiatrist and can uh, tell you that he would never be capable of this. Um, and that's how the first half of the testimony goes. But she's also had her friend tell the DA that uh, that she's had this conversation with Hugh Grant's mother, where he found out where she found out that Hugh Grant was sort of indirectly responsible for his sister's death and never showed any remorse um, and never seemed traumatized or anything. And that's really what she wanted to reveal in the um, 
in the testimony and that when she said she was going to take care of it, she was going to make sure he, he really did go to jail. Um, and that I, I, I thought was great. And like just when I realized where that scene was going, I, I was totally on board and surprised. Then it goes into a little bit more hokey territory where um, you actually get the flashbacks where you see him murder her and he's also like driving his, he like texts his son and says, you know, do you want to get uh, breakfast? Breakfast, this could be our last chance. But he decides he's just going to drive him upstate. Um, yeah. And they're driving and then the cops chase them and then Nicole Kidman and Donald Sutherland are in a helicopter chasing them. But like great performance by Hugh Grant during that scene. Like, like being so charming and calm with his son and being like, oh, it's no big deal. Like there's like literally like police choppers coming after them. <laughs> yeah. And the son's like, dad, we got to stop, you know? And he's like, it's fine. Like, it's good. We're chilling, you know? Like it's just, yeah, really good performance during that, yeah. that whole scene. Yeah, I sequence. thought like everyone did well. And it wasn't like a bad scene. It just like felt, it was, it was too much. Very outside yeah. of reality compared to the rest of the show. Uh-huh, Yeah. I mean, Donald Sutherland is obscenely rich, it seems like, but uh, still, uh, maybe it would have helped if we knew what he did, but probably not. <laughs> yeah, the cops are just like, yeah, it's cool. Like, you follow us in a helicopter. Yeah, no big yeah, deal. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. We won't shoot you down or anything. We're totally chill with that. Yeah. But, oh, and this is so random, but I did like the Donald Sutherland scene with the principal of the school. Yeah, I like oh, that too. I loved that scene. That was great. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, tell him. Tell him. Yeah, that principal um, sucks. Um, principal big sucks. I did think, Anthony, maybe it must be, not it must be, but I think it is possibly because you knew that he was guilty that you read all those things that way. Because me not knowing that at all, read them as much more like, oh, she's she's setting him up. But I, my thinking around it was, mm. She's setting up to go down, and he isn't actually done it. This is just her plan all along. So oh. it was. It wasn't. Yeah, it was different. But it was because I had. I, I. I. That at that point, I think I still assumed he didn't do it. Based on. Yeah, that. I don't think it was till the flashback of him murdering her that I was like, okay. Yeah. Well. Done deal. I think once Although, he ran with the kid, I knew. Once he was like not going to the court date, I was like, oh, he did it. You don't run twice yeah, without for being sure. guilty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and also I think that there was a scene where the... I, I forget which happened first, but Nicole Kidman at a lunch confronts him about his sister. And then... Yeah, because the, the dog that story. She, and he's like, it wasn't a dog. I think I was like leaning towards Hugh Grant after the mom told the story and was like, he has no remorse. That story was really hard to square. But then I was like, well, maybe the mom doesn't really understand him. Like there's still enough room for doubt that you could kind of go with it there. But I just feel like a mom, like of all the people that could tell you about their child, like the, you know, that could describe the character of a person. Right. Yeah. A mom will always lean into the positive right like a mom will always have benefit of the doubt a mom yeah, yeah. will always like so if the mom is saying like he is incapable like essentially like the textbook definition of a sociopath yeah then you're like well i'm gonna believe her because there's no way she actually wants to believe that or say that right that's like, true but all we have we have nothing of her all we have is this one yeah we don't have time. her credibility yeah down. and then yeah, yeah. and we do have hugh grant doing a very convincing job of seeming like that is a thing that has plagued him his entire life at the lunch. Like 
when he's describing to her what actually happened and why she's never told him he he does a really good job there of pretending that he's capable of remorse and that he feels a lot of it over that right yeah but which just goes to show like what a skilled sociopath he is which is skilled. what really makes the show to yeah. be honest like that's the whole point like if i think for the listeners if you haven't seen it and you're still here being spoiled for us i think at the end of the day it's not really a great who done it because it is who kind of it was meant to be the whole time all along but it is like a a real masterclass in terms of like the I always enjoy the crime documentary, like the true crime documentaries and all of that stuff where the, the killer is just so much smarter than everyone around them, right? Like, and just able to fool so many people. Like the Ted Bundy movie with Zac Efron or whatever was terrible, but actual Ted Bundy stories are insane. Like people like were in love with him and just completely fooled by him. And he like escaped prison twice. Like he's just like, this superhero of badness, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that it this is a cool story about that in terms of like what someone is capable of and just like totally fooling everyone around them. Yeah, especially with the the fact that he's also like a very specialized uh, cancer doctor who's like basically specializes in like very severe and unusual cases of juvenile cancer. So, mm-hmm. and he. The, there's so many scenes with him showing this like real emotion and compassion that and like that he has so so much bedside manner which is very unusual for that kind of doctor right like i mean at least anecdotally like you typically hear oh you know genius surgeons or whatever they're like n- terrible with patients but yeah most oh, well what can you do right. are terrible with patients yeah. they don't they're like there to do science but this know? guy was like a genius that way and then also like fantastic with the patients right so you're like what is it but then they have a good scene too where someone's explaining like oh no it's all that's all actually egotism on display or whatever um it's it's really good because they give you everything right like they lay it all out so you can find it if you want and it's all about like what do you choose to see or not see or downplay or not downplay and yeah, in your gut. Yeah, and and I do think, like I kind of alluded to before we got into the spoilers, like a huge, huge part of that, and the only thing that really sells it is Nicole Kidman being extremely ambiguous throughout in a way that is very hard to read, right? Mm-hmm. He's never hard to read, which ends up being the problem. He seems very yeah. communicative, of, effectively communicative of emotions, but they're all yet, deceptive, like, our, right? And we have so much credibility with Nicole Kidman that is like just slowly chipped away at because she shuts down more and more yeah and, more. and she you does weird I mean? things that are never like directly incriminating just unusual like not what yeah, we you're would like why prefer, are you on right? a walk in the middle of the night though yeah like yeah. you know it's just and she just keeps saying i was just on one of my walks and you're like <laughs> it's so oh, weird okay, it's so yeah. unsatisfying yeah. <laughs> which isn't you know at the end of the day i'm like okay whatever um but i mean to your point jordan about like how he is so smart like and what i like about it is that he's not smart in the way that i think a lot of movie serial killers are which is all about like i had this incredibly complicated plan it's like in a lot of ways he's really his plan is terrible like that he flees he shouldn't flee he doesn't as as his lawyer tells him like couldn't get rid of the fucking weapon 
Um, right. But what and he, he is does smart it is impulsively just, and everything, right? Like, it, it's yeah. not yeah, well yeah. planned. Yeah, it's not like a, no. yeah, it's, but it's a social game yeah. that he right. is, you know, n- masterful at. Well, and he he must be because of what he's achieved, right? Like to be to have achieved all that with the while making everyone feel that you're a warm and caring person would require an extreme amount of social manipulation throughout your life, right? Mm-hmm. For that mm-hmm. character, and that's why I like the whodunit aspect. I mean, it's you know I can't say how I would have responded if I didn't know, but like to me it worked really well that it's this show where it's like. We're just gonna keep telling you that it's him, and like, but because of the way we watch movies and TV, you're gonna keep assuming that it's not him. Yeah. Um, and so then, you know, it's still a surprise when you find out it actually is him. Yeah. And they really ramp the stakes. Like, if they're like, "Look, he ran away," and then they're like, "Look, he's back," and he was hiding and fleeing. Look, he has the murder weapon, and you're like, "I don't know, maybe it's not him." <laughs> <Like>, uh, <laughs> Well, I do think that they they did, like I said, rely heavily on the fact that you you just felt like from the offset that it couldn't be him because it was felt so obvious that it was him that you, based on every other whodunit you've ever seen and, you know, whatever, 600 hours of Law & Order SVU, you're like, it's not him. Mm. Like, it's the third person we meet, right? right? Like, that's who it has to be. And our minds have just been trained into that. Yeah. Although so, in all the Law and Orders, it's always the most... There's the person you recognize, but you're not sure from what television program, but you're like, oh, I know that guy. That guy's an actor. I recognize all of them. They're like all like massive stars. It's like SVU and ER are like... And maybe like Friends are the shows that like... Where stars are born. <laughs> Seriously. I've, I've never seen an episode of Law and Order, but I feel like I, I think of it as part oh, wow. of the fabric of New York because every time you go... well. In the before times, anytime you would go to a, a Broadway show, before it would times. be like their credits would be all these plays and Law and Order. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we have final thoughts on The Undoing? I give it a pretty good. I give it like an A minus, I guess. Um, I enjoyed watching it, and I it is it was a show. I watched it when it was li- airing live, and it was not uh, bingeable. So I did return every Sunday night hmm. to watch it and enjoyed it and looked forward to it and was excited about the next one so um yeah that's where i'm at i liked it it's fine yeah i think they had the, yeah they, they they did a really good job of the even like when they would curb your doubt like they had that guy the public defender and they were like come on you you know you trust the public defender like look at him he's the guy he's the gut guy he's he's seen it all you gotta trust that guy and that guy was like you know what i don't think he did it and you're like okay I, he didn't do it right like they did a really really good job of just pacing and timing and when to drop these things um without overdoing it like i really don't feel like they went so far in the other direction obviously or else we all would have just kind of assumed uh those of us who weren't spoiled so i i think it's a really fun well put together um like like example of this of a of a, of a mini se- series that's economical in terms of like its storytelling um and that achieves exactly what it set out to do so i really like that i, I did feel like they lose points for almost saying the name of the series a couple of times because they say like, they don't say the undoing, but they say like, I'm undone, I'm coming undone or something. And I was like, you're almost saying the name of the show. Just don't do it. Don't be that 
piece of meat. I wanted them to say it. <laughs> like, just say it once. You got to say it once. It's such a strange name. You got to do it. Um, yeah, no, I, I liked it. You know, I would say, yeah, also in probably A minus B plus territory. And when you bring up like the public defender, it also just makes me think of how many like of the supporting characters I, I wanted to see more of. Mm. And, and maybe in some ways it could have been a richer show if, it, if you'd gotten a little bit more of their stories. But I think that's also a good sign that like it's just like there are all these weird character actors and side characters and things that like you're just kind of intrigued by. And yeah, I think I mean, I, we should bring up that they didn't really flesh out Elena's character at all. But I think they oh, yeah. did that because had they done any kind of exposition or development, it would have maybe given you too much to go on to. But it's really unfortunate because what she comes across as is, is basically just a psychopath uh, sex pot. Like there's not really, right. like, which is like a really unfortunate portrayal of a woman in a modern right. television Right, she basically show. just looks sexy yeah her, yeah in the flashback and 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 does a very good job of giving really penetrating unnerving looks to nicole kidman in the only episode where she basically has any acting but that isn't flashbacks right or i guess that is a flashback technically because it starts with the discovery of the body all right well let's wrap things up there so uh if you have thoughts of your own on the undoing or as i accidentally called it in an email the undong um you can email us at original content at TechCrunch.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Original Content. You can also subscribe and leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to 2021. And Daryl and Jordan, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, bye-bye. Have a good one.